Welcome, everybody, to a special Wednesday edition of the Keyboard Kimura podcast here on Keyboard Kimura. I'm your host, E. Spencer Kite, as always, your friendly neighborhood Spencer man, joined on this special edition by Antoine Jackson for Making the Walk MMA, guy I've been fortunate enough to jump on his show, answer five questions yeah. in about, questions about, go check them out on YouTube. We will include the links and all of that in the show notes so you Appreciate can get there. Thank you for jumping on, man. We we connected, as I said, I came on your show. I tweeted out about this Islam Ahashev tweet and these champion versus champion fights. You were like, I got some thoughts. Let me know <laughs> if you want me to jump in. And I was like, yeah, it's always better to have someone else coming in and sharing yeah. their opinion rather than just me talking into a microphone for 30 minutes. So thank you for jumping in. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll set the table here. So yesterday morning, Islam Mahashev or whoever is in charge of Islam Mahashev's social media account jumps on Twitter and tweets out. I'm going to read it verbatim here so I get it all right. Mm -hmm. UFC Abu Dhabi, October 21st, Mahashev versus Edwards. What do you think? Tagging the UFC and ESPN MMA, which then sets off the chain reaction. Alexander Volkanovsky, featherweight champion who faced Islam Mahashev in February at UFC 284 in Perth, jumps in and is like, hey man, where what are you doing? Where are you going? I'm right here. I'll be ready. Yeah, <laughs> I just had surgery yesterday, but I'll be ready for October 21st. I could come up. We can do this again. To which Ilya Tapuria comes off the top rope like, hey man, where <laughs> are you going? I'm right here. I just kicked Josh Emmett's ass. Yeah. I told you I'm the best featherweight in the world. I'm coming for that belt. You ain't got any reason to leave. I saw mm -hmm. it. My response was that I respect the ambition, but all these guys got contenders at the ready. I appreciate that Leon Edwards was just like, I'm going to stay the hell out of this. I'm not weighing <laughs> in. I got nothing to say because I'm the guy that's got like four people in the division lined up if they really mm -hmm. want to do it. I have an exhale here. and I'm going to let you jump yeah. in and, and share your thoughts because I think we're aligned a little bit here. But as yeah. I said, it's always better to let someone else go on the rant. Folks are folks are familiar with hearing my rants. So I'm going to let you yeah. just jump in and, and share these thoughts. Dude, so this is like infuriating to people that I feel like have been stewards of the sport, so to speak, you know, for, for years. You know, me and you are, you know, over a decade in and, and we've seen people from the you know the the people who would be on the mount rushmore of the sport we've seen what they've gone through how they've navigated their divisions and put a stamp on their divisions uh to make themselves all-time great so i'm talking about the gsps the anderson silvas uh people of that of that ilk and so just staying in that lane talking about anderson silva we saw what anderson silva did during his career how he dominated the middleweight division and moonlighted a light heavyweight wanted to go and capture that belt but there were rules in place that didn't allow him to do so so he went and dominated his division and so if people are going to throw out these goat conversations and try to compare eras and compare uh fighters you know like conor mcgregor or somebody like that who goes to get uh two championship belts but you want to try to compare that to somebody like anderson silva who wasn't allowed to get that second championship belt, even though he went through his division the way that you're supposed to when you're at the top of the division. And you try to compare 
you know, somebody like Islam who hasn't even defended his belt against anybody who's in the division yet, but wants to go up and try to challenge for another belt. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. And so it devalues the champ champ status completely. So now we're looking at things completely different and through a different lens. And as a port person, going back to what I said, as a steward of the sport, somebody who has been in the sport and, and, and paid attention to the sport for a long time, it devalues everything that I feel like that we believe in and everything that we stand for as far as people who have been in this for a while. That's kind of where I come from. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't have said it better myself. In thinking about it, you mentioned Anderson Silva and GSP. They're the two that immediately come to mind, right? At their point of being champions, it was, we didn't talk about any of the moving up, doing super fights until we got to a point of cleaning out the division. That's what it used to be, is you got to clean out your division. Those now, are the to, words, clean out the division. Now, to his credit, Alexander Volkanovsky's pretty close. Mm -hmm. Three wins over Max Holloway, just beat Yair Rodriguez, beat Brian Ortega already. They're the top three ranked contenders in the division. Arnold Allen's four. He's coming off a loss. Then there's Tapuria. That's why the Tapuria fight makes a whole lot of sense to me. Like yeah. you can you can effectively clean out the division if you face that young man and beat him, which I would I would pick him. I would say right now, I would favor him to do. It's a difficult fight, Tapuria's a hell of a competitor, but mm -hmm. we just saw what Volk is all about. Certainly yeah. give him that, that run. You mentioned Islam, right? The first title defense is against the featherweight champion. And now you're looking at, we're not even going to do a second. I'm just going to go up and face the welterweight champ who has a bunch of opponents at the ready. He doesn't yeah. need to face somebody from outside of the division. He needs to face one of the myriad contenders that are sitting there. We were told we were force fed Colby Covington. That fight mm -hmm. still hasn't come together. Don't know where that's at. We've got Bilal Muhammad sitting there. Who's just mm -hmm. like, what's a man got to do? Mm -hmm. Haven't lost a fight in 10 fights. The only blemish is with Leon Edwards. Yeah. Lightweight's a little more challenging because Charles Oliveira has said, I won't be ready. I can't be ready for late October. I don't think the Gaethje Poirier winner in a couple of weeks time is going to be healthy enough and ready enough to make a quick turnaround and, and fight in Abu Dhabi. I know, in no talk, I know in talking to Justin as well, he's not necessarily keen on going and face fighting for a title in Abu Dhabi again. He's been there. He's done that. It didn't go well. And so maybe I understand it from Islam's perspective of like, well, who am I going to face? And that comes down to a little bit of the UFC in terms of how they book things. But like Armin Saryukin's right there. And y'all got history. And you can do it. And that just to me feels like the way we need to do these things. Like the way we need to think about these things is like the divisions are right there. These contenders are right there. Let's get back to a little bit of this clean out divisions to, as, as you said, get to a point where when we do these things, they feel meaningful. They feel yeah. really special. Like as great as we all knew Mahashev and Volkanovsky was going to be at UFC 284. And it turned out to be absolutely terrific for me. It's still fight of the year. Imagine what that fight would have been or would be even a year from now. If Islam has successfully defended the title a couple of times, he's beaten Charles Oliveira in a rematch. He's beaten 
a Poirier or a Gaethje or a Saryukin again or Matoish Gamrot to where he's got two, three title defenses under his belt. Volks cleaned out featherweight, put away Tapuria, and comes up and is like, now I'm ready to go. <clears throat> it just feels bigger and better. And it's so wild because the, that first Conor McGregor becoming champ champ and, and chasing that back in 2016, or sorry, 2017, winning mm-hmm. it against Eddie Alvarez in Madison Square Garden. That was a moment. Yeah. And within mm-hmm. like 18 months, it felt like, all right, I can, I'm ready to be done with this champ champ stuff. <laughs> I think you felt, I think from, from hearing what you said, it feels like you felt the same way of like, this just doesn't, it's not the same anymore. Yeah, it isn't. I mean, like when, you know, thinking about other people that have attempted the the champ champ status, like some of them, they're they're valid. Like when Izzy went up to challenge Jan um, for uh, Blahovich for the belt, like that, he had defended the belt for a while. Um, He earned it. Like, I would just like to see people earn it. When we we, uh, allow them to just hopscotch around without earning it, is taking us back to that boxing model that, you know, nowadays when you see somebody go up from lightweight to, to super lightweight, you know, people aren't really impressed by that because they really don't understand the gravitas of changing one weight class to another. And I think the UFC has an opportunity to put a stamp on, um, on those uh, instances when somebody's trying to challenge a higher weight, They've done this. They've done, you know, this is their resume and this is why this is important. It almost builds the fight itself when you have a situation like that. But when you're just going to let somebody just show up in a division, fight for the belt and then do whatever they want to do after that, it just devalues everything. And it it really turns it to the boxing model that I feel like the UFC is trying to get away from. I agree completely. It becomes a situation where if you're constantly doing it, like, as I said, when we got to, I think we had four champ champs at one point, right? We had Connor who never defended any belts. Mm-hmm. We had DC who never went back and defended lightweight, late heavyweight, excuse me. We had Amanda Nunez who, to her credit, defended both belts, was like, I'm going to just keep running things. And then we had Henry Cejudo, flyweight champ, wins the bantamweight title and is like, yeah, I'm never going to 25 again. And it just felt like this is, this is what everybody seems to want to do. And I get it. It makes sense, but it's not special anymore. It was special the first time. It was maybe special the second time when DC goes back up to heavyweight. And quite frankly, like it's bad to say, sorry, Henry Cejudo, but you're the one that wasn't special. Amanda Nunes beaten Chris Cyborg to win her second title still felt special. It was a massive fight. It had that gravitas you're speaking about. Henry Mm -hmm. Cejudo one was just like, all right. Okay. We got, we got a vacant title and he gets to have two. Sure. Yeah. And that's what this sort of iteration of it feels like to me. It's just like, all right, it's, it's the instant reward. It's the immediate gratification approach to things. And I, like you, just don't want to see it. Like, let's get there organically. If it, if it happens, if it comes together, let's just let it come together. Let's see how things play out, not only because to me, it makes those fights better, mm-hmm. but it also gives those contenders that have done everything that's asked of them to get to the point that they want to be at 
to then have the promotion and the champion turn around and be like, cool, you're going to have to do more or just sit out. You can't like, I, I don't know how you do that. Like, I don't know how you look at Bilal Muhammad. I don't know how you looked at Bilal Muhammad and we're like, yeah, Colby Covington's next. I don't understand that one. But like, I don't know how you look at him now with the Covington fight not booked and be like, yeah, you're still going to have to sit, dude. Or you're going to have to face somebody else. It's just not We right. don't need it. This, 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 I mean, I don't know. Like you, you want these fighters to you know, be engaged and, and be social and um, interact with the fans and interact with the media and have good things to say. But on the backside of it, you're, you're not giving them the right direction. You know, Bilal Muhammad should have already fought for a belt. If, if anything, he should, al- he should be in line right now. They should say, you fight the winner of Leon and the undeserving Colby Covington who haven't, hasn't fought in over 500 days you are next in line for that. Like we're going to put a stamp on that. That's what's going to happen. But it's just, it's really disparaging to, to those who are in the the top tier of these individual divisions that, you know, may not have the, um, the, the public behind them in the sense of, you know, having a large media following or anything like that, but they've done the work they've, they've grinded and they've done the work uh, to get there. And, you know, the, the the championship is off the map for them because um, the champ wants to fight these weird, you know, jump up and wait. I might lose, but it's not going to really be a black mark on my on my record type uh, of fights. It's, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make somebody needs to grab the reins, Sean Shaggy, right. and say, okay, look, we're not going to do that. Uh, Islam, you need to fight Armin Saruki, and let's just do that and. and that's just the easiest, cleanest way to do that. If you are as good as you say that you are, this should be no issue for you. You should beat right. him. And that that uh, welterweight fight is going to be there. And it's going to be bigger if you win this fight. Well, and that's the thing that I was going to get to, right? You mentioned Anderson Silva, GSP off the top. The thing that got them to that point of, okay, now I want to see some of these fights and turned them into even bigger draws along the way is that they were running through everybody. They put up four, five, six, eight, ten, eleven, I believe in Anderson Silva's case, successful title defenses Mm -hmm. rather than this situation that we have now. And, And some of it comes down to the level of talent in these divisions. Certainly why there has been not necessarily a revolving door at the top of these divisions, but champions that haven't had, Really long extended reigns. Alexander Volkanovsky excluded. He's been at the top of that division for a little bit now. But like that's the thing that's going to make, as you just said, all of these fights bigger. If you go out and you defend that title, let's say for two years, maybe you get four title defenses in You're mm-hmm. if you're Islam Mahashev. You're 33, maybe pushing 34. There's still time. You could still yeah. go up. And to me, and I think to you, that's the direction I want to see. I understand that maybe we're the outliers in this, but I'm going to use my platforms to constantly be like, I'm fine being an outlier. This feels <laughs> like the right way to go because we've got these contenders at the ready. We've got fights that make a lot of sense that are interesting and compelling. 
and push divisions forward. And to me, if we don't do that, if we don't get back to moving these divisions forward, great, we're going to get the return of this big fight and this glossy fight that people are going to be interested in. But then what do we do after that? What's next? We're just stuck and we get these bottlenecks at the top of the division where you get a guy like Arnold Allen that goes 10-0 and 0 in the UFC and they're like, cool, but Volk's going to face the lightweight champ. You're not <laughs> going to be included in the interim title fight. We'd like you to fight Max Holloway. And now he's coming off a loss out of the championship mix, didn't get his opportunity and is going to have to get at least a couple wins to maybe get that shot. And it just yeah. feels like you could have made that fight in February. Like that could have been the main event or co-main event of UFC 284 is Volk and Arnold Allen. It's the fight that made the most sense. The fact that he wasn't in the interim title fight is ridiculous in, in and of itself. I know there mm -hmm. was an injury involved, but still it just feels like it's almost too much that the UFC is a slave to its schedule as opposed to the fights that make the most sense. And that's what it feels like a little bit. And again, I understand Islam Mahashev being like, let me get the biggest fight I can. I don't want to be hanging around here until I'm 38, 39, trying to get this bag. Let me get my money. Let me get this legacy established and get the hell out of here. Yeah, Sure but you're also the dude that had to go through the gauntlet to get to this point and win nine, 10 fights in a row. Now you got to understand that there's someone else in the division that's doing the same thing and needs that same opportunity that you got eventually finally last October. Yeah. I mean, I think that for Islam himself, like I don't necessarily fault him so to speak i i think more of the fault is is on the people who are making the decisions like if if you're giving them this avenue to you know say hey i want this big fight of course they're going to say that why wouldn't they say that that's a smart thing to do somebody has to like i said grab the reins and say look this is not what we're going to do i hear what you guys are saying i know you want these big fights but in order for these fights to actually be big you're going to have to do your work in your division to show that you deserve to be in these uh, these these huge mega fights, because I mean, think about how big um, Islam against Leon would be if Leon defends the belt, you know, three times. Islam defends it three times, and then it's like, okay, now Islam wants to come up and and fight. Now you've got a, a significant headliner for you know, a, a international fight week or a year ending show or something like that. Now you got a big one, you know, that, that can really, you know, bring in the casuals. Now we're talking about it on ESPN on at the beginning of the show, instead of at the end of the show, you know, RC and DC are leading with this. Like now you've right. got something huge, but when you just, ah, well, you know, we don't have anybody to fight Islam. Let's just throw Leon in there. He needs right. somebody. Like, come on now. That's not who these fighters are. They deserve more than that. Treat them like they're champions. Don't treat them like they're just other fighters that you can just plug and play at any point. The one that sticks out to me in this of the champ versus champ thing, as I go back to UFC 94 and GSP and BJ Penn, yes, each guy was relatively fresh to being at the top of their respective division. 
He defended, beaten Joe Stevenson, defended the title against Sean Shirk. Still one of my favorite finishes of all time. The walk off. This one, he's done. Yeah. That guy's done. You can't, folks listening can't see it, but I'm making the like, nah, he's finished. He's not getting up as Sean yeah. Shirk like crumpled against the fence because he that wasn't was getting up. And <laughs> and GSP had won the interim title, unified the belt with the win over Matt Sarah, defended against John Fitch successfully. And so then Penn was next. They weren't that far into their respective reigns, but they had they had history. And that yeah. made it extra, right? That was the extra pull. So not only are they champions, not only have they done what they need to do to solidify themselves. Also, there weren't contenders sitting there at lightweight and welterweight at that moment. Like, hey, I'm right here, ready to go. It made sense. It was the mm -hmm. right thing to do in that moment because all the elements came together. There's no yeah. history between Islam Mahashev and Leon Edwards. They've never faced no. each other. They've never, there's never even been any John between the two of them. Mm -mm. This is just taking two names and mashing them together and being like, cool, let's put it on the marquee. Both guys can have belts. As you said, I get it. If both guys are like, yeah, of course. Let Sure. Makes sense. Makes dollars. Going to make more dollars in two years. If you can yeah, get there. And I know, more. I know you can't necessarily certainly can't guarantee that you're going to get there but if you're as good as you said as you said earlier if you're as good as you said you'll get there and if yep. you're not and if you can't that's just the way it goes we got divisions to look after we've got other contenders that need their opportunities mm -hmm. yep exactly i mean it just it, these things they they shouldn't be something that happens every year it shouldn't it shouldn't be like that it should be something that that's uh they bill it as a mega fight it should be a mega fight mega fights don't come all the time phenomenons don't come all the time you don't have the that's the reason that they're called a mega fight or a phenomenon it's it's something that's rare it's a haley's comet it's a a blue moon that's what it's supposed to be but when you're having it all the time then i mean like who's really you know, tuning into this because it's an anomaly. It's not. It, come, it happens all the time now. Right. So I don't know. I, I I think that they they really need to to shy away from this sort of thing until, you know, like uh, if if Izzy Izzy is about the only person that I can see right now. In Volk, I'll give Volk that that yep. that too. Those are the only two that I can see. Like, yeah, you can you can go up. You know, not at not at will now, not at will, but you can right. go up. Don't wait for the the weakest, you know, contender or the weakest champion and be like, oh yeah, they go, hey Michael Bisping, I know you're here. Let me let me get the, the weakest champion. But like, you know, if, if George, it's something that George St. Pierre comes back and cherry picks Michael Bisping to get his yeah. second title, like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I know you only have one eye. Yeah, I'll be back. Like, come on, let's not do that. But but I mean, as far as like everybody else, no, no, you're not ready for that. Not yet. Well, and the other thing with Volk, I agree with you. As I said, if if he can, if he faces Taporia, beats him, then he's got free reign. He's wide open. Do what you want to do. I also don't need to see that fight for a second time in less than twelve months later this mm -mm. year. No. Like it was great in February. It was phenomenal. I still adore that fight. Top of my fight of the year list. If we burn the second one inside a year. 
if Volkanovski loses, you're done going up and challenging for the title. Then yeah, you've got to go up and just you got to go up and just be a dude at lightweight. Yeah, and that's gonna suck. Then what? You know what? Here's a question for you: Is I know I mentioned Volk and Izzy, but what about Aljamain? I know that Volkanovski mentioned him and mentioned if he beats Sean O'Malley, that that's something that he could potentially see. Obviously, Aljamain has talked about. You know, the weight cut is getting tough. I mean, that's just how it is. You know, once you get older, that weight doesn't come off as much. And he's talked about going up, obviously, to give Marab um, a shot to to get his shine on. And so what do you see um, as far as Aljamain moving up? It won't be a champ champ thing, but what do you see as far as like the the appetite for Aljamain against Volkanovski fight if he does get that win? So I think you could do it as a champ champ fight. I think you could book that as you keep sort of Aljo in the wings. Aljo's always got something that he's got to get looked at after a fight. So if he gets <laughs> through O'Malley, and I say that with all due love and respect for Aljamain Sterling, who is a good dude and someone I will talk to very soon before this fight with Sean O'Malley. But if he, he gets through dude. that one, you could be like, ah, Aljo's neck's a little whatever and his elbow and a labrum and whatever the next thing is and find a way to kind of keep him on ice for nine to 10 months. Let mm -hmm. Volkanovsky deal with Ilya Tapuria. And then, I mean, again, you mentioned it earlier, and it's a point that I think I want, I want to make sure to reiterate. Have these fights as the headliner for International Fight Week. Have yes. these fights as the headliner at the end of the year, where there is that big build, where there is that big feel of this means something. With all due respect, to the fine folks of Salt Lake City, Utah. It ain't the same if you bring a fight like that to Utah or do yeah. it on the February pay-per-view when everybody's cold and it's winter and we're miserable. Like, yeah. I get that other places deserve and want to have great big fights. We just had an event out here, 45 minutes away from my house. Would I have loved to have seen a massive fight, that international fight week card out here in Vancouver? Absolutely. Is it ever going to happen? Hell no. It's just not. <laughs> no. Not, Make these no. things special. So I think you could do Volk and Aljo, champ versus champ, Aljo coming up with his belt and just do the like, hey, he's beat Sean O'Malley in August. It's going to be a bit. He's got to get another surgery. He's got to let some stuff recover. It would be less than a year. I think you could do it. I don't know what the appetite is because unfortunately Aljamain Sterling is just one of those polarizing dudes that is never going to get the credit that he deserves until he is gone from this sport. And people look back and are like, really? That guy's 23 and three. That guy's mm -hmm. beaten all of these former champions and done all of these things. Yeah. I would hope for Aljo's sake that he goes out and gets a signature victory against Sean O'Malley for his, for his legacy, for his resume. That it's not a like squeak one out, but that just doesn't seem to be in the Aljamain Sterling repertoire at this point. But I think yeah. you could certainly do it. And that's one, again, from a Volk side of things, that's one I stick around for. Because Aljo's big. 35 is hard for him to get to. Yeah, he, he's a big, he, big one. He be, he'll be big at featherweight. He'll be bigger than Volkanovski at featherweight, certainly. And the reach is there and the skills are there. So if I'm Volk, that's one I maybe stick around for. And I think you could build it to being 
a great big fight next July, International Fight Week. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Do that. That makes yeah. way more sense than moving all these pieces around, burning a second Volkanovsky-Islam fight, having Islam go up, telling Ilya Tapuria he's waiting, telling Bilal he's still got, like, there's just, it just feels like there's easy solutions, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and we're looking for difficult ways to make all of this stuff happen for a short-term return is what it feels like to me. For sure. And you know what? And this is a little off subject, but it just made me think of this real quick. But Aljo, he kind of reminds me a little bit of the way that people treated Benson Henderson in the 100%. sense of yeah, like their 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 careers are kind of symbiotic as far as like um close decision wins, but they they defended their belt. You know, like Benson Henderson defended his belt three more times than Conor McGregor <laughs> defended his. But yet we don't even know who this dude is. You know what I'm right. saying? Like it's, it's insane, but that's just off subject, but it just made me think of that. No, it's, it's, it's a very good point. And as always shout out to smooth. Great dude. Great champion. Congratulations on everything. Enjoy retirement and coaching. We're going to still see Ben Henderson. He's going to be toothpick oh, in yeah. the corner for, for His years. Wife, but yeah. yeah. Wifey and everybody from the lab still competing he will be around as we wrap this up put on the matchmaker hat you you get the reins what are we doing in these three divisions so let's go featherweight lightweight welterweight antoine jackson is making the calls what are we doing oh man this is these are easy calls so we got volkanovsky against aporia that's easy i mean they've already had the little impromptu uh face off after he walked out of the cage easy Cut and dry. Volkanovski, when his elbow is good, that's who you fight. For Islam, you want to fight in October? Fine. That's cool. We know it's going to be a big crowd over there in Abu Dhabi for you. A home crowd. Let's get this grappling match going. You against Armin Sarukian for the belt. You better win if you think you're that good. Easy. For welterweight, I am tired of even thinking about Colby Covington <laughs> until he fights somebody else in the top. top I like five. that you had the 500 days on on point, like I'm, over 500 days, that number yeah. right there at the ready. Cause that really solidifies like, how is this man fight allegedly <laughs> fighting for a title? I mean, at this point, I think the last five fighters that he's faced, there's only two that are still active on the roster. It's insane. You know, now that Robbie's retired, like, come on now. Like, Colby, you need to fight somebody in the top five, and then perhaps we can give you a title shot after that. In the interim, we're going to have the person who actually deserves it, the person who has a storyline already built in, Bilal Muhammad against um, um, Leon Edwards for the belt. Easy. Those are three of the easiest choices ever. I don't know why this is even a question. (laughs) The only one that I think may not be easy because there isn't a history between them is Volkanovsky and Tapuria. But as you said, they had the little face off and having spoke with Ilya Tapuria, having watched his career throughout dude could sell ice to an Eskimo. Like he will get out there and talk all that trash and Mm -hmm. say all the things about being better than this dude that we all universally recognize as one of the best fighters on the planet right now. He will walk out there and be like, yeah, he ain't shit. Yeah. Sold. 
Let's go. Let me see it. 15 and 0 against the dude we all love and respect and recognize as one of the best in the world. As you said, easy solutions. Mm -hmm. I don't know why the UFC and these athletes are making it hard on themselves. I get wanting to get that short-term money, but there's always better investment in the long game. The payoff sure. is always better in the long game. Stay mm -hmm. in it, invest, let it grow, let it build. There'll be bigger returns down the line. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. I mean, I think that Taporia can, he's a good B-side. He's a really good B-side. And do I think that he's ready, you know, from an um, experience standpoint? No, that's why he's going to lose the fight. But do I think that, that there's people who believe that he's ready? Absolutely. And that's all you need to sell this fight. And he will do his part to sell that fight. Well, and like, even if he does lose, great, he's 26. He'll be okay. right back. Okay, He'll fine. <laughs> he lost this time. If it's if it's close, if it's competitive, even in the least, now it looks like, oh my God, this dude's going to be here and be a problem for the next three, four, five years. Yeah, Setting he's... up to his eventual move to lightweight. Like, it all just feeds into itself. This seems too easy. If we can yeah, figure he's... it out. I hope the UFC can figure it out. For sure. He's not in the, in the situation of, you know, someone like uh, Dustin Poirier, that if he loses this, then now the conversation turns to fun fights. And right. You don't have a fighter as a fighter. You don't want to hear the words fun fights. That means that you are no longer going towards a championship. You can only have fun fights. Right. So Taporia has, that is not on the horizon. Win or lose, it's just going to be a, a bolster his, his resume and he'll be right back where he he thinks he should be, as far as like being in the championship. Um, even if he loses, uh, being in in the championship conversation, so he'll be good one way or the other. Hopefully, cooler heads prevail. Hopefully, logic wins out over everything. We get these three matchups. First and foremost, I just want a lightweight title announcement and a welterweight title announcement. I just want to know what's happening. I would like it to be these fights that we just discussed because I think they're the ones that make sense, that are obvious, that are right there on the table. But just let me know what's happening one way or another so I can either be angry about it for a couple of days and then move on and start <laughs> getting excited or I can be overjoyed that cool, that, that wiser heads prevailed. Before I let you get I mean, out of it's, here. It's going to happen soon because tickets go on sale. Right. So it's going to happen soon. We need to know what's going on. Hopefully we get that soon. Before I let you go, let everybody know where they can follow you, where they can check out your work. The stuff is phenomenal on the YouTube page, blowing up, doing good numbers. I appreciate that. We're going to have to have a conversation where you let me know how you continue to build this thing and grow this thing out because you're doing, you're doing great work. You're doing great numbers. And I want to get there too. Appreciate it, man. Um, so um, on YouTube, Making the Walk podcast, um, and on Twitter, uh, you can find me at, at The Walk, uh, which is easy. Um, and then it, it, I actually just uh, started. I haven't sent anything out yet, but I just uh, signed on to start writing for MMA Sucker. So um, I'll be there as well. So all three of these places, all kinds of platforms, all kinds of hot takes. Um, I, I talk a lot of shit, but I can back it up. So connected with the yeah. vancouver boys my people jeremy brand and the crew at mma sucker i like to see that bring bringing yourself to canada a little bit through the a internet little a little bit <laughs> well i appreciate you reaching out i appreciate you jumping on this was great we're gonna certainly do this plenty more in the future for Absolutely. antoine 
I'm Spencer. This has been the Keyboard Kamar Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.